Hi friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week we celebrated our services of Lessons and Carols with a message from the Reverend Jamie Kendrew. Upcoming this week, we have services on both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so be sure to check out ccgf.org for all of the information concerning those gatherings. Now here is Pastor Jamie's message. Thanks for listening. So God, we love you this morning, and we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to come and to participate in the Lessons and Carols. When we think about how this story started with the creation of man, and how God all along you had a plan for redemption. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus, to become fully God and fully man at the same time and to become that sacrifice so that we may for once and all dwell with you in eternity because of what Jesus would do for us on the cross. And so, God, may we remember that while we celebrate the birth of Christ at Christmas, help us to not be a people that miss it the rest of the year. Help us to not be a people that miss it even during Christmas. Because God, this time really is about celebrating you, about coming to your feet and worshiping you. And so we thank you for this morning and we thank you for the saga that we've been studying as we've been going through the Bethlehem story, God. And so this morning, I pray that you would speak to each one of us in exactly the way we need to hear what it is that you have to say to us. May my words be your words, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much. Amen. Well, good morning, Christ Church. Good morning. I'm Pastor Jamie. I'm excited to be here with you this morning. We're continuing in our series called The Bethlehem Effect. And over the past few weeks, we've been talking about um, what has surrounded the Christmas story. And what's amazing to me is how much over the years since Christ has been born, how much we have added into that story. And our story for this morning is is one of those concepts that I I don't want you to get mad at me. I'm not going to ruin Christmas for you, all right? But I want us to take an honest look at the wise men, at these magi. And I want us to just study the passage for what it is and to really see what's being said. I remember as a kid, uh, a great uncle of mine had just been named the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I remember for Christmas that year, we were given tickets to a Monday night football game against the Rams. Now, Kevin Green was still playing for the Rams, and Merrill Hodge was running the ball, and, and, and Jerry Olsowski had just started playing linebacker. But there was a guy on that team who was a young football player I looked to as a hero. His name, if you remember, was Greg Lloyd. And my uncle uh, gave us tickets for this game, and then he said, hey, I want you to come hang out in the waiting room, uh, the family waiting room afterwards. And he's like, if you see any players, you can talk to them, do whatever. And I remember my brother and I were talking about, holy cow, we can get to meet Greg Lloyd. I had all my cards, I had my proper felt tip marker, and there we were the night, the game was over, it was a Monday night game, and, and, and Bubby Brister had just walked by, Merrill Hodge came by, but I wasn't worried about those guys. In my pocket, I had a Greg Lloyd card, and I had a felt-tip marker, and all I could think about was getting him to sign this. I remember some, as I'm fumbling through my pocket, some man walked up to me, and he said, he said, hey, kid. And I just was like, don't bother me now, sir. I'm, I'm trying to find my Greg Lloyd card. And I remember I looked up, and this, this tall man threw something at me. And as a young kid, I like backed away thinking, did this, what, did this guy just throw socks at me? 
He threw socks at me. And there was this white ball of stuff he threw at me. And I'm all offended and I give this guy the stink eye like, you just threw socks at me, dude. And then he looked at me and he smiled and he said, he said, I heard you wanted to meet me. And I'm looking at him like, I really don't have time for this. I've got to find my Greg Lloyd card. You all know what's happening, right? My brother elbows me and says, Jamie, that's Greg Lloyd. And I remember what he actually threw at me, in fact, was not socks, but they were the wristbands he wore in the game. And my brother and I still have those. Have you ever had one of those ridiculous moments in your life where you were so preoccupied with your agenda, with how you thought things were supposed to go, that you almost missed something epic? Am I the only one? I bet we've all had those moments. And when we look in the scriptures this morning, we see three groups of people that we're learning about, and two of those groups are in that same moment, where they almost miss, in fact, they do miss, the most epic of all moments, because they're so preoccupied with themselves, and they're so preoccupied with their own agendas. So if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to open with me right now to Matthew 2. And as we read this passage of Scripture, I'm going to ask you, please pay attention to what's being said. Because I know we all have our manger scenes that have the shepherds and the three wise men sitting on our countertops. But I want to break that a little bit this morning and talk about the most epicness of what really happened when it came to the Magi. So it says these words in Matthew 2. Verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw the star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the peoples, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. And they said, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly. And found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and he said, go and make a careful search for this child. And as soon as you find him, report him to me so that I can go and worship him too. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star had seen, they had seen in the east, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was born. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child and his mother. They came to where? The house. Interesting. They came to the house. They saw a child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in the dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. How many wise men were there? How many magi were there? Isn't it interesting that in our traditions as early as the second century, we have attributed there being three kings, haven't we? But nowhere in the Bible does it actually say that. In fact, when you actually do a little bit of a study on who these magi were, we discover that these magi were actually a group of scholars. Now, this is going to make some of you uncomfortable. They were a group of magicians, astrologers, astronomers. They were the thinkers of their time. They were were all about wisdom, and they were on this ultimate search 
for truth is what they were about. In fact, it says in all the writings that the Magi would have been people who by studying every other religion and God and pantheon, whatever there may have been, they would have actually known the prophecies written about in the Old Testament. There was a prophecy that came out of Ezekiel that talked about the great king being born in in Jerusalem as the savior of the world coming out of Bethlehem. And so when these star chasers... This group of Persians, potentially, from 900 miles away, saw a star rising. They followed it. They pursued it. And what they found was the most epic of things. And so as we're digging into this passage today, I want to talk about who the key players are. Because you see, there are the Magi, as I just said, who were more than likely not three, but they were probably no less than 12, if not a giant caravan of people. They were on a trip that would probably take them over 900 miles. It would take them months of preparation to begin to prepare to go and worship God. And I don't think that dissolves the the Christmas story as we know it. I think it actually enhances it. Because here these Persian kings, these Persian wise men, heard about the newborn king of the Jews. And they wanted to come and worship him so much that they would travel 900 miles on, on, on camel or horse. That they would uproot their entire caravan of people and they would come to Jerusalem. Now in the passage, you remember it specifically says that Herod was terrified and so was Jerusalem. Why would they be afraid of three guys? Well, they wouldn't have been. But they would have been afraid of a caravan approaching their city from the east. Because you see, Herod had gained political favor and in, in, in taken over Jerusalem because he had the favor of Rome. He, he kind of, through politically and spiritually selling himself out, uh, became an ally to Rome and became ruler over Israel, over Jerusalem at this time. And see, the problem with that is this Herod, you have to remember, is not a full-blooded Jew. Herod, in fact, is not a king at all. He's a usurper. Do you know what a usurper is? It's someone who basically claims a throne for themselves that's not their throne to claim. And so Herod, hearing that this group of people have come from the the east to worship the king of the Jews, a title that Herod himself has claimed for himself, when he hears this, he's terrified because he knows he doesn't have to worry about the Roman Empire. But now these guys are coming from the other side, the front lines of the battle, and they're telling him the true king of the Jews has just been born. He's terrified. And he has right to be because he is on somebody else's throne. Is that making sense? you got to think about the priests and the elders and the chief teachers of the law of this time have politically and spiritually sold themselves out to the point where if the true king of the Jews were to show up, they would be in a lot of trouble. So in the passage when it says all of Jerusalem was terrified, it's not so much that they were terrified of the Magi. But they were terrified of the accountability which is to come. Herod despised the fact that Jesus was born. He was angered at the fact that Jesus was born. And Jerusalem, Israel, decided to ignore the fact. And they paid no homage to the king. But these wise men, these magi, these kings of Orient are, they came... They brought gifts. 
And they bowed their knees before God. They bowed their knees before Christ. I love the way Warren Wearsby, a biblical scholar, puts it. He says this. He says, No scholarly person who ever follows the light of God, excuse me, that follows the light that God gives him, can miss worshiping at the feet of Jesus, in whom all wisdom and treasure and knowledge is found. So when we think about these magi, when we think about these people that came from afar, it's important for us to remember that there's three stories being told here. And as we're thinking about Christmas, I want to challenge you with this thought. Which of these people are you? Because Herod hated and rejected Jesus. He, in fact, would later try to kill the newborn king of the Jews. Because he was focused on himself. He was focused on his own agenda. And he would miss the awesomeness of Christ. There's Israel, clueless. I call this sermon, The Good, the Clueless, and the Unwise. And Israel was clueless to the fact that amongst them, living and breathing, was the king of all things. Are you like Israel? Are you clueless right now that you have a Lord and Savior that that is amongst you? That is alive and wants to have a relationship with you? Or are you like the Magi, these wise men, who recognize that God put before them a path And regardless of how much it would cost, regardless of where it would take them, because God put in front of them a path, they followed it faithfully. And it led them to the ultimate truth, the ultimate treasure, Jesus. And so as we continue to go throughout this Christmas season, are you following the path that God has laid before you? Or are you pretending that it's not there? Are you rejecting the path that God has for you in your life? Because the truth is, God has called each and every one of us to something epic. The problem with with Herod was he thought he was in control of his story. And the reality of it is, is every single one of us, including all of them, we're not a part of the story of you. We're not a part of our own story. We're, in fact, a part of a bigger story, the story of God. And each of us will play a role in that. So I ask you again for this Christmas, as we think about the Magi who came from afar, Will you follow the star? Will you follow the path? Will you follow the light of God and bow down and worship him? Or will this Christmas be all about you? Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for the way that you have ministered to us today through the sermon and songs, through the reminder that there's really three ways we can go this Christmas. We can forget you, we can fear you, or we can embrace you. Help us to embrace you, God. Help us to embrace the path that you have laid before us. And help us to be a people that don't ignore you, that don't fear you in a a trembling kind of way, but in a loving way. May we remember it's not about us, but it's all about you, Jesus. So we thank you so much for this time. In your name, amen.